0: So Africa, huh?
1: So yeah. So I went. So this is actually a funny story though, because my dad called me. Yeah. And he was like, "So we're going to go to Uganda into January. You should go." And I'm like, "Oh, I'd love to go, but da da da. I'm teaching right, right now. Sure. I got. I mean, I'm just up to my ears." So I made a couple of defensible excuses, and then Joshua and Noah were at the house like the next day, mm-hmm. and. uh And I mentioned something about dad saying, oh, you should go to Africa with us. And I said, well, it's just a blah, 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 and this and that, and the other, and Nadia can't go, and I'm here, and this, that, and I went through all these things. And Joshua said, like, uh, so just to be clear about this, when you're 86 and you ask us to go with you somewhere, that excuse will hold up. (laughs) I said, okay, okay, I'm going to Africa. So yeah, 10 days in uh, Uganda.
0: Well, it's been a while since we've been on, and this is the BNA Podcast. I'm Jay. I'm Brian. And we'll be right back. Okay, I don't want to admit how long it's been since we've recorded a well,
1: podcast. I, I can't admit it, because I don't remember. It was,
0: was it before, it was certainly before the holidays. No, didn't we do one? After Christmas? Be, right. Yeah, we I may think have. we did
1: one in January, so I think it's only been a month or so, but it seems like a really long time. It's been a really long time. So, anyway, how you doing? I'm good. I'm... Uh, it took me an incredibly long time to get uh, back to the central time zone. I'm sure. Jet lag is...
0: And but, older But you Taylor get, Swift says jet, jet lag is a choice.
1: You know, jet lag for Taylor Swift is a choice.
0: Well, you know, we have to make our Taylor Swift reference yeah. so we can build our audience. Yeah, that's here, how you, you do know. it. Right. We're going to tag so Taylor in the It is the part of the conspiracy, though. We're going to talk about Taylor Swift yeah. because we believe that she's going to well, uh, be the Antichrist. She is going to be... Or have, give birth to the Antichrist. Oh, that could be it. Yeah. So that's, that's the latest one. I believe... That
1: my sort of ongoing positive feelings about Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Now, I've met Taylor and had dinner with Taylor and stuff like that. So full disclosure. Uh, but she was a bit younger. This is right. a wa- long time. Yeah. Ago. And I, I did find her to be a really nice, respectful, positive person. Yeah. I will say I'm clear now that it's all so that I can be driven by Kelsey to get the COVID booster, which will then, in fact... Caused me to vote for joe biden because it's got a thing in it yeah it's got I, I got my covid booster about Did you, I, I six weeks ago or so, so i couldn't get mine because of africa right yeah i had to get the yellow fever shot mm-hmm. and i talked to the pharmacist and i said i really want to get the yellow fever shot and my covid booster before i go to africa he says well good luck on that
0: oh okay. by the way it
1: turns out it's almost impossible to get a yellow fever vaccine in nashville tennessee I, in the state of tennessee i've heard that i've heard it really so yeah tough. it's like it, i was going to go to bowling green yeah because if you call the state of kentucky which has medicare medicaid expansion. medicaid expansion and um and they're also just not awful right um it was just a local pharmacy could give me both of them that day i did not end up doing that yeah i went i was able to find one at St. Thomas,
0: Uh, you know, that uh, Kentucky brings up an interesting thing that relates to Tennessee. So, as you know, we work with people that are on the streets and many of them have addiction issues. And one of the things that we've been doing is we've been sending folks to Kentucky for rehab. Because right. the rehabs up there are coming to Nashville and picking up people to yeah. take back to Kentucky. Bus loads. Because it's a Medicaid expansion state. Once they get across the, the state line, they can get their rehab pay for it. There you go. So we have this idea that Completely we. Completely free to the state of
1: Tennessee we, if we implement it.
0: We think we need to build a homeless shelter just across the state line mm. in Kentucky so that we can get homeless folks that need medical care um, cared for. Yeah, and just get it. We'll get a little shuttle van. Yeah. Going back I, and forth. I, you don't think Kentucky would mind, would you?
1: I actually don't think they would mind I, because yeah. they're just spending federal money and putting it into the pockets, by the
0: way, yeah, of private entrepreneurs yes. who are building businesses that are helping people. So if our legislature would just understand that you want to get a grip on the addiction crisis and the fentanyl crisis, it's not by sending troops to the border. Why don't we just start by trying to get folks treatment?
1: I will say it's one of my favorite things they do is talk about fentanyl coming across the border right which listen everybody knows where the fentanyl comes across right literally everyone where and it comes in shipping containers exactly from china through massive ports where it turns out one in oh don't quote me you can look this up on the uh chat gpt but it's like one in ten thousand of right. of the shipping containers are that come in the United yeah. States are inspected.
0: Yeah, that's just that's crazy. We won't even talk so about the the open Canadian border. Nobody ever talks about Nobody the open talks Canadian border. No, you and know? you know
1: what? If you were going to smuggle fentanyl into a country, yeah. would
0: you go through the hard one where there are
1: sixteen red state National Guard people no, trying to kill brown people, I probably or would could. you just waltz across from Vancouver? I think that's a great idea with a briefcase. So, okay, so that's our business model. Is that's that what it. we're doing? Yeah, yeah that's what okay. we're going to do. Hey, so, speaking. Of, but speaking of nut cases that send the national guard to okay. uh, to texas representative mark green is not going to run for reelection. i
0: heard that what do you, what's behind that do you think it's interesting i
1: you know i would love to think it's because he thinks mary and megan uh, megan barry Marion barry i love yeah. talking about mary and barry whenever i talk about megan barry yeah. because they They're, both have interesting stories yeah, they do as mayors but the um yeah i'd love to think it's because he was scared but I don't think so. I think he's coming back here to run for governor.
0: Oh no, I think that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's that he's scared. It's still a pretty red area. Yeah, it's, it'll be fun though. It's going to be a fun. You know,
1: I, because it's Megan, it'll be fun.
0: It'll be fun. I. It's one of those things that. Look, I. It's like Heidi Campbell. I think she's come, you know, she's dealt with a lot of hardship and a lot of struggle, and she made some mistakes, and hopefully she has learned from those. But that history is going to be hard to get through out in Clarkville.
1: It may be, but she's also, she's like, um, what do they call you if you've lost a kid in the war? There's like a blue Oh yeah, that blue star mom. Blue, yeah, blue star yeah, mom, yeah. you know. And she's kind of a white star mom because yeah. she lost a kid to opioid addiction. Right. Yeah. That gives her a lot of uh a lot of running room.
0: Yeah. I think if she can if she can do the the rural appeal and yep. spends a lot of time up there and doesn't focus on Nashville, she'll be fine. The problem is she's going to still be seen as too progressive. She's and it also depends on who Trumpy they run off. Yeah, well that's true. The, that, uh, that's true.
1: You know, it's if we get lucky, yeah, they could just run somebody that will end up in federal prison. They seem to be doing that a lot.
0: It seems to That's be how the they pick em. it's be it's kind of the trend. So, uh, so anyway, wild. yeah. So let's talk about Nashville a little Nashville, bit. Nashville, Tennessee. This is the place where we live. Mark Green is talking about
1: Nashville, by the way, for those of you that listen. That's he's, true.
0: He's a third of our congressional representatives. That's that's true. And uh, I wish our our particular representative in our area would decide not to run oh either, God. but I don't. Can
1: you imagine our representative for Jay and I married a girl that he groomed from the age of 14 from the Future Farmers of America he right. met when he was an adult. She was 14. Right. And literally groomed this child. Mm-hmm into his child bride at 18 yeah i mean it was like everything that he did if bill clinton had done it
0: he could have never been elected president you exactly know. it was like shocking well it's kind of it's kind of normal is. for most of that part of the yeah, state absolutely i mean you know let's we're talking crossville cookville it's it's yeah. an interesting yeah interesting uh, part of the state for yeah sure. the fun
1: part would be to find out
0: their first cousins yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Wouldn't true. Wouldn't be shocking. Would not be shocking. Wouldn't so. make the news. So anyway. Okay, <laughs> so back to Nashville. Uh we are still on Nashville, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's still. So um why don't we talk about this booting thing? Uh you know, there's right, a funny you know? it's really funny. So I was on
1: a Facebook conversation, in the East Nashville page with a guy the other day who I I would like to have come on the show right. next month. He's really working hard to get parking. Mm-hmm you know, some visibility and people's talking about it because sure. East Nashville went from one of those really friendly places right. to go and grab a slice of pizza and do that mm-hmm. to now, you know, it costs like $18 to park. Right. To go get a $5 slice. Right. You know, used to be free to park to get a $3 and 50 cent slice. Right. And, you know, you can't as a city complain about inflation and then allow it to occur. Right. right. It becomes one of those things. So, he has been going on and on about this. So we had a conversation uh, just on Facebook back and forth. And I said, well, I'd love to have you come on. So as soon as we get our schedule figured out, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. But um, the other part of it was, so then almost as if, you know, it was just in the zeitgeist. Great article comes out and a news story uh, on television followed about the Nashville Booting Company. Yes, great name. Not Up booty. All night. Not booty. Not company. booty. Yeah, we when, have one of those. Yes, I'm there sure there is one. I'm sure. Yeah, it's, it's based in the state house. Yes. Um, turns out they were booting cars, and it costs like ninety five dollars to have them come out and unboot your car. But right. they did not have a permit to operate in the city during that period of time. Right. They had had one in the past, and they now have one again, but. When you're a booting company, yeah, and that's what you do, and it's called Nashville Booting Company, right? Having that
0: booting permit seems fundamental. It, yeah, you would think so, and uh, you know, I the the whole booting thing seems to be frustrating for a lot of folks because it's it's uh, well, it's getting you know, the the punishment doesn't fit the crime, right? Right? I mean, this is one of those situations where
1: if I will say this about East Nashville and booting is that when you go down there to park, I was going to uh, Basement East a few months ago. Right. And I pulled in two parking lots and tried to scan the QR code and could never get it to register. Right. right? Now, if I had just left my car there, I would have come back to a boot. Right. Right. And they would have sworn it all worked just fine. Right. There's no way. It's not regulated properly. There's nobody overseeing this. It's not like the Nashville booting company should not have a permit because they should not be allowed to exist. Right. I mean, if you have violated their parking policy three to five times sure. and have refused to pay the extra $20 for going over, whatever, right. then maybe they could boot you. right. But to have this, it's just vigilantism. No, right? absolutely. They get to come out and, and literally, and they do incredible damage to nice wheels and tires. It's It's a nutty thing that they're allowed to
0: do. But, you know, in a sense as I think about it, what what we're really talking about, you know, we're going to talk about a a housing shortage in a little bit, but what we really need to talk about in Nashville is the shortages that we have. So we have a parking shortage, you know, we we do. And so we, so we don't have enough parking, which means that people can charge 18, 20, 30 bucks for, for, uh, parking over the course of an evening. Um, and then you can get really mean about people that, you know have gone over and that's what they've done and uh just the fact is is that uh you know we've increased the costs are such that it just throws people in a really bad place and it really just provides a lot of harm it
1: really have you been approached about the church parking lot
0: uh, I have not you know, you know I take that back I have uh we were approached by this new venue that's gonna open up that's oh, a block right. from here right, right and uh we my deal with them is that we may charge for parking uh but we're gonna do it yeah and you it, can do it you know, yourself, so right so we' we'll, we're not gonna hire a company we'll we'll you know charge you might 5 have, 5 might or 10 some folks that are staying for free upstairs in the church might be able to make themselves a exactly, little bit of a recompense exactly by doing such and uh and that we can charge you know 5 or 10 bucks yeah. you know a reasonable amount it's not going to be uh depends overly on,
1: yeah it depends on the demand but these uh, yeah, days, certainly 5 or 10 bucks is, is a is giveaway a, right is a giveaway you know i would also say that uh this the church that I, I go to, this church for meetings in right. East Nashville. Sure. And I won't name it, but they have done a deal with Park Happy. So if right. you park there, you have to put a placard on your dashboard that says you're at a church meeting. Yeah. So that you're not booted. Now, nobody does that in the meeting I go to because they're in the basement for an hour. Right. you know, And we haven't had any trouble with it because they have clearly instructed Park Happy to yeah. make sure nobody has any trouble with it. But when you pull into the back of a church... To go Mm -hmm. inside the church and it says scan this code for parking before you go in. You're like,
0: no. Yeah. That can't be. Yeah. (laughs) Right. The thing that I think a lot of churches don't understand. I've I've talked a little bit with my friend Steve, who's the pastor of a downtown church um, that has a parking garage. And his predecessors many years ago entered into a contract with a parking company. And he continually talks about his desire to get out of that contract, that they're just waiting for that contract to expire because it's ended up – costing them money it's ended up not being nearly as lucrative as folks thought it would be right and so that they would be better I off just managing that, themselves yeah
1: and i would assume the lion's share of that money's going to the parking company oh yeah right. no
0: exactly right you i know. mean i
1: would i can understand doing it if you were a nonprofit and you're mm-hmm. a church and your building is mostly unused monday through friday right to do a nine to six parking deal mm-hmm. for a reasonable price Would be good for the church, right? They could, God knows, churches need the money. But the, uh, if you got to keep 95%, right? There's no reason for a parking management company to be taking more than 5%.
0: No, that's right. But the, so all of that's to say, I mean, uh, from my standpoint, my soapbox that I've been on lately is just the question of capacity in Nashville. What, how do we, so we've done all this growth. We, you know, and we've become cool and hip and all that wonderful stuff that we are. But what you have to do is you also then have to recognize that with that growth, okay, yeah, we got a whole bunch of hotels and venues, but people have to have to have a place to park. And, you know, the Lyft Lyft Uber thing was a um, was great there for a few years but now that's gotten to be more expensive and again the people that are doing it have recognized we can't make any money off of it so right. so why are we doing this so all of that's to say then you have to look at okay how are we you know my deal when I used to go downtown, and I very rarely go downtown yeah, anymore. Oh uh, well, you work down there Matt, about half the time, but yeah, not but, very often. But I very, uh, very often don't go downtown. But I used to go park in East Nashville, yeah. call an Uber, and yeah, then you too. know do a ten buck. work. I was
1: going to T Pack, I usually go to Butcher and B. Yeah, and eat. Yeah, and then leave my car there. Right, and then Uber and back over. Exactly. That's mostly for inconvenience about parking, and right. but I did go to. Was it last fall mm-hmm. I went to Wicked?
0: Right. My wife and uh Your wife's not Wicked. The um No. Okay. You didn't hear I that. I don't have a comment on that. Yeah, okay, the, good. Uh,
1: But so we went there and I parked downtown. Right. And I was in that parking garage trying to get out
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh, at least forty minutes. Oh yeah. You know, it's like I'm like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. I'm never coming downtown to no. parking. That was just a total tactical miscalculation. Well, um, it was during the week, so it wasn't super expensive. And right. I was like, oh, that'll be fine. And it was like 18 bucks. That'll be cheaper in an Uber. Uh, not true. Also, just real quickly, you know, there was an Uber and Lyft strike on the 14th. Right. Uh, which was largely ineffective. Um, uh, but to your... Uh, to your point, and something that everyone needs to know that doesn't know.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uber and Lyft both switched their payments to drivers from calculations based on time and distance. Previously, Mm -hmm. so it started, when everybody started Rideshare, it was 75 or 80% of the fare. Right. When they went public, pardon me, catching my breath, but when they went public, they switched it to time and distance. Right. And then recently switched it again this year now to an algorithm that simply takes into into consideration all of the things they want it to take into consideration. Mm -hmm. And you were often in a $30 Lyft ride, their drivers generally getting under $6. Oh, that's that's Right. So it's flipped. Right. And everybody knew it was going to flip, you know, sure, but it's flipped completely now. And so you should always ask your driver what they're going to make. Right. So if you take an Uber or Lyft, um, And sometimes it's because it's an algorithm, it changes on every ride. Right. So there's no way to know Mm -hmm. if someone accepts a ride that says you're going to make 10 bucks. There's no way to know really how much time and distance is involved in that, unless you have status and then you can see it. But So it's really become, uh, it was bad, and now it's insufferable. Right. right? I mean, people that are using this, which I don't, thank God, but people that are using this to live indoors and eat food. Mm Mm-hmm can No longer live
0: indoors and eat foot, right, yeah, got gotcha. you um while we're on parking before we uh, yep. talk about transit, which we'll talk about after a break, be at the end, but um yeah, I guess, but um i, I did see a story recently that suddenly the musicians downtown are going to get a discount on parking. did you read about that or, did yeah, uh, so
1: um the parking company that handles uh, Fifth and Broadway, yeah, um I'll tell you the name of them in a second. The and the reason I'm going to tell you the name of them is because they did the right thing. Um, They are offering musicians that work downtown. They'll be, I guess, by their employer, given a
0: a special card QR code QR code yeah to shoot
1: into their phone and they'll get like sixty percent off.
0: Oh, that's cool. So.
1: As soon as I find it, I'll tell you the name of it.
0: Yeah. Again, what most folks didn't re- recognize is that most of those musicians that are playing down on the strip, uh, you know, when they don't get paid a whole lot nope. in the first place, and but they were also having to pay like exorbitant amounts for parking. Um, yeah.
1: Or most of them were parking either really far away. You'll see these guys right. downtown, like pushing a rig. Yeah. On wheels all the way up Commerce. Yeah street and up the hill on fifth or fourth or something like that i've seen several times going past the ryman yeah rolling up to where they could get to what used to be free parking on like gay street and stuff all the way up there they used to park up there and walk down yeah or they would take uber and lyft right rarely could they park anywhere near their work right. because of cost.
0: Well, and then it got to be there wasn't even an unloading zone or a loading zone for equipment. Well, they've equipment. blocked
1: most of that now, right? Yeah, okay. They're slowly but surely getting rid of loading zones downtown. Yeah. And this is one of those arguments for a long time that if you don't want traffic, then what you need to do is mitigate things that cause traffic. Right. So having taxi cabs, buses, Ubers, and Lyfts all stop in the street
0: mm-hmm.
1: without giving them a place to pull over. Right, and it should be written into codes in every city. If you build a building, right, it must have a turnout. Right, period. Right, five hundred five building on at church, mm-hmm. beautiful turnout. People pull in there, mm-hmm. people get dropped off safely. Number one, right. So it answers the the attempt at not mm-hmm. killing pedestrians, which that we're would working be good, on. Yeah. So a, it's safe. B, obviously, it doesn't impede the flow of traffic, mm-hmm. and the city doesn't have to pay for it. Right. You simply write a sentence into codes that says in order to get a building permit right Mm -hmm. you have to have an offload upload place it has to happen but giratano does it on every building yeah well so he's decided
0: it's good for business we thank you tony g but it should be absolutely for absolutely well it's probably time to take a break so when we come back we're going to talk about transit or housing we're going to do housing first we'll do housing first that's a good model so uh we'll be back in just a minute And we're back. So uh, let's talk housing.
1: Yeah. Housing is a problem in Nashville. Housing's a problem in every city. I mean, there's a housing shortage in the whole country. It, there is. There are two or three things that I know and then I want to hear because you actually know about housing and mm-hmm. I don't. But the uh, I'm still a little weirded out by the Barnes Fund in Nashville, which is a I don't know what it is. Is it an MDHA thing? Or is it just a I city? think it's a minister.
0: It's a city thing. It is a. It is funding that is supposed to be dedicated for affordable housing. So projects. it's like a CDFI it because they actually
1: loan the money.
0: They or sometimes they make grants. A no, lot no, of it it's nice. even grants. Um, so they give money to build affordable housing. The problem Got is it. they just don't have enough. You and know, there's not and, enough and people that want
1: to do it anyway.
0: And so. they'll 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 talk about. You know, oh, we've got $10 million in the Barnes Fund. Well, if you're a developer, $10 million is not a whole lot of money. Uh, And so, I mean, have there been affordable housing units that have been built because of of the Barnes Fund? For sure. I'm sure. But we need 44,000 affordable housing units. Um, It's... Uh, you know, it, we're a that, little below that. Right we're now. a little below that. We're supposed. To, we the statistics are. We need forty four thousand by the year for uh, twenty thirty, right. and we're only uh, six years away from that, and we're not anywhere close. We're if building we, like one hundred and fifty units, maybe two hundred, right? Yeah, two hundred, two hundred additional. I like, units I like a year. the one. The one that was in Salem Town. Uh-huh. It was in one of the articles oh,
1: yeah. we read, but. In Salem Town, and they wanted it to be six stories tall. Right. The Salem Town, of course, neighborhood association, which, by the way, our mayor is a member of because that's is. where he lives. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he tried to stop it, but you know, yeah. even the mayor has no power over a neighborhood association. Oh, neighborhood which association. neighborhood association should probably be eliminated at this point? Right. They should certainly be eliminated from planning and zoning conversations. Exactly. Right? I totally understand a neighborhood association if you want to have, like. Rules about abandoned vehicles in the front yard. But Mm -hmm. honestly, also codes and planning. Codes does that, yeah. Um, You know, all these things. So it's the idea that they finally, they argued for like a year and a half. Right. And then settled on five stories instead of six. Right. As if that was in some way going to do anything. Right. You know, so that's the kind of crap that, that has been... You know, and by the way, almost I guarantee you every one of those people would consider themselves progressives
0: care deeply about the homeless. Oh, yeah. Uh, Affordable uh, uh, part. A couple of my soapbox. First of all, we got to get rid of the word affordable because affordable doesn't mean anything. Affordable for who? Uh, And a lot of times what gets defined as affordable is outside the range of pretty much anyone that is a low-income person. Um, so w- one of the things we're not building at all, really, is low-income housing for folks that are making less than, say, 40% of the AMI of the of Nashville, or forty or 30, 30 or 40%. There's just no housing for those folks. And, right. b- and yet, you might say, well, you know, they're poor people. You know, they should go out and get a job. Well, a lot of those folks have a job. They're working at McDonald's. Or they're working at all the fast food places or restaurants that you're going to, um, but you can't make enough money to get to live here. And and uh, again, AMI in Nashville is extremely high because that is determined by the entire Nashville region, not Nash, not just Davidson County. That's, that's determined by includes Williamson and Sumner and these places where you've got people that are making six figures on a regular basis. And so I think our our AMI right now is somewhere between 75 and $80,000 a year. Well, you know, I don't know. Yeah. If you're 60% of that. Yeah. You're still not in affordable housing. And you know, the, the, The guideline is that you're supposed to spend no more than a third of your income on housing. Right. Um, That's also
1: one of the things that is recommended by a particular guy that lives in Williamson County that tells Christians how to spend their money. Yeah.
0: You're supposed to spend no more than a third. But so what's happened now is like apartment complexes are saying, well, since you're only supposed to spend a third, you need to make at least three times times, of what the rent is. Uh Um, Well- I did some research the other day about, looked at the square footage of my house, what a rental cost in Nashville. I, and, I, and I have a fairly okay income. I'm not a six-figure person by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm, you know, You're fine. middle class. I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay. Well, I could be doing better. Yeah. If anybody wants to make an offer, we can right, talk. Right. But, um, but I can't qualify for a rental based off of that. I just can't. No. In, no, in I couldn't. I house
1: can't. Care. I live in what I guess is about... Between five and six hundred thousand dollar house, right, hundred year old pretty little house right. on a double lot, a block from the lake, mm-hmm. and two things: number one, I couldn't I couldn't buy my house today. No, I couldn't. Number two, um, I can't move downtown. Right, with my income, I would not qualify either. Right. Now I'm self employed, so my I don't allow my income to be very high, but mm-hmm. um, but it's still, you know, it's interesting that. That we think about it in such a contradictory way. Right. You know, because we have this, we have the state of Tennessee, which will do
0: nothing (laughs) because they consider homelessness a sin but they have done something. This what did they do? What did they do? So what they do, well, no, negatively. Negative. So, oh yeah, no, so, they do take so, action. <laughs> so they take action. So like if the city says, okay, we want to require developers to have a certain percentage that's affordable or attainable. Right. Uh, you know, so if you're going to build a development, you got to put five units that are, are low income affordable housing, affordable right. housing, low the state housing came in and words. said, no, you can't no, do that's that. Illegal, yeah. That's illegal. Uh, if, you know, if, if you try to do certain things to charge, say, impact fees to yeah, developers that to illegal. help, they make that illegal. Yeah. So basically what I mean, the state has the, done- you've
1: got one of the reddest counties in the world, right. Rutherford County, begging the state of Tennessee to please allow them to charge impact fees because they have to build six new elementary schools, right. three new middle schools, two new high schools, and they're supposed to do it with money from
0: the 90s. And you know what? There are some counties- in Tennessee that are able to do impact You just have fees. to have a low
1: number of people in those counties.
0: Exactly. Uh, Tennessee, I mean, Nashville does not, we're not allowed. And Rutherford's course. not allowed because of Murfreesboro. Right. And so uh, so all of that's to say we have affordable housing crisis. We don't have enough. We are seeing an increase in the number of folks that are experiencing homelessness, yes. of course, uh, but also the number of evictions. Uh, That are happening. And here's the deal, folks. If you get evicted from an apartment, your ability to get another apartment is is zero is zero. Uh, And uh, I know of a a young person who got evicted from her apartment and now they're trying to come up for hit. You know, this person couldn't pay their rent, and therefore they were, to, they were given so, by the judge so they, a six thousand yes. dollar. I'm just making this up, by no, the way. That is the exact but amount. Is actually, that, yeah. So it's
1: like a six thousand dollar judgment, making it not only difficult for them to rent, impossible to rent an apartment. Uh, they'll have to actually get a roommate and ride on somebody else's credit, right? And they'll also not be able to get a lot of jobs. No. Because you have a bad credit report
0: now. So that'll drop
1: your credit report down to 480 and then exactly. jobs will hire you because it's not over six. Yeah.
0: So all of this to say, we have a housing crisis. Uh, a couple of council people, a couple of uh, freshman metro council people, yes. which means that they're new. Uh, have come up with a bill that has caused some people to go crazy. And so basically the bills are trying to change the zoning to allow for greater density. Um, so it, I'm going to read this from the Nashville scene, our okay. friends at the Nashville scene. It's talking about Raleigh Horton's bill, which says, Horton's bills would accomplish four goals. Allow certain residential structures up to six stories to be served by a single stairwell. Eliminate minimum lot sizes in multiple multifamily districts, uh, permit housing by right in commercial districts, and ask metro departments to create pre-approved pattern books for missing middle housing. And what they're talking about in terms of middle housing uh, is this idea that if you are somebody that, okay, so I'm, everybody knows what I make. I make $65,000 a year. I'm strictly in the middle class, Um, the ability for me to find housing that is affordable and workable for me in Davidson County is almost impossible. Um, It's just, you know, it's just impossible to try to find that uh, in this city. And so what they're trying to do is to make sure that there are things in place that would allow housing for middle class folks, working class folks to exist. And one of the things that are, and there's an additional bill. Uh, Quinn Evan Siegel uh, has uh, an at large member uh, has a bill to allow duplexes to be built wherever single family homes are allowed countywide, allow triplex and quadplex homes to be built where single family homes are allowed in the urban services district, right. and scale back some safety standards for some smaller multifamily homes. Uh, Projects uh, that have to match safety standards, so safety safety standards of large projects. So right. if you right now if you build a fourplex, right. it has to meet the same so safety you gotta, standards. Yeah, that means you got to have sprinkler systems and yeah, blah blah blah
1: blah blah. All right. that kind of stuff. Four so, wide so, exits and stuff. Like so
0: that. what they're doing is they're trying to increase density, right, which allows for more housing, which allows prices to come down, yep. and and uh, to be able to serve the people that need to be served. I know here in Madison, uh the neighborhood Associ- association is going crazy. Um uh, because yeah. you know we don't want we don't want anybody we don't you want more density? No, we need to keep our rural nature. We need to do you know uh particularly bad on Neely's Bend uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And and you know, look. I know those people, and I love them, and I get where they're coming from. But yeah, but we got to figure out something. Well, nobody's because, making
1: them sell their place.
0: Yeah, right. But we, <laughs> but the, you know, they don't want a fourplex next door. And I, I on the one hand, I get that. Look, I've got an entire. Um, you you basically Town have home. a sub,
1: sub, subdivision behind, subdivision in, your backyard in my now.
0: backyard. When I moved into my house, there was a field. <laughs> yes, and Lots it was lovely. Deer. Lots of deer Turkey. and wild turkeys yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And now I have two housing complexes yeah. in my backyard, and it sucked. The second yeah. one they started building right as COVID hit. I yeah. was trying to work from home, yeah. and there was uh, the, the, noisy. Back yeah, there. it was bad. It was bad, <laughs> and yet I also know. As a person who is trying to house people, I couldn't complain. That no, nah, we need those houses because we need those
1: houses, and I kind of like them. They're okay. You I mean, know, I mean, considering what some of them look like, they actually look yeah. kind of okay.
0: That, no, they look okay. The neighbors have been fine. Good. We haven't had any problems. You know, it, it's it's not been an issue. But even those, part of that is because those houses, uh, they're townhomes. Two bedroom, I think. They might be three, but i think they're two. Probably a little of each. And though. they Sometimes sell. The ones they sweet. sell for two seventy five. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Right. Again, most of the folks that I'm serving no, they can't. F- I that. can't afford a two hundred and seventy five thousand no. dollar house. So so um yeah, it's it's really weird. It's also that you know, we've overbuilt downtown
1: <clears throat> pardon me, from the apartment standpoint. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day that was looking for an apartment and now they're back to that thing where they're giving away lots of stuff to get you to move into their apartment. Right. right. That does not happen in a tight market. Right. So somebody is going to take a beating Mm -hmm. on a lot of the new apartments that are being built. Now the good news is that that if if we can get those prices to come down downtown,
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: uh, that does have a trickle effect all the way through the community and it looks like they may have shot themselves squarely enough in the foot that we're gonna see some substantial reduction. Yeah, but we it'll take two years.
0: Oh yeah, I was gonna say we haven't seen it yet. And that's that's it takes a
1: long time because they're using so when they give you free rent, Mm -hmm. that's marketing money. Right. And they have out of state investors that spend like twenty two million dollars to build a little building Mm -hmm. and they have the building based on, you know, twenty eight hundred dollars a month for a single bedroom or whatever and 32 for a two bedroom and cuz it's got a great workout room, swimming pool, you know, whatever, you know, they, they have lots of amenities now, dog walks and dog parks and plays it's, you know. So they have all that stuff. Their business model for financing, very much like what we saw mm-hmm. Donald Trump doing that he just lost 330 million dollars on, yeah, is making the value of it so high At $3,500 a month times 100 100 units full at 82%, you make up whatever you want to make up. Right. Then that's what you borrow money on. Right. So until they can refinance them, they use marketing money to give away free rent. So So until that marketing money runs out and they can find new investors or restructure their debt, Mm -hmm. they don't lower the rent.
0: Yeah. Well, and that the other question for me is that how much of this is also driven by sort of private equity ownership, which really well, doesn't. They don't need the money. Yeah, they don't need the money. That's and what's so, killing East
1: Nashville, right? right? I mean, East Nashville, there are some 15,000 doors
0: right. owned by private equity. Right. And uh, and so, and again, in those cases, they don't – when you don't have le- – it's one thing to talk about. You just about. need to
1: make it illegal. There's yeah. no big deal about it. It's just not – you know, people will complain about building a fourplex next door, right? But they have no problem with BlackRock buying five houses on their block and not renting them, just leaving right. them
0: empty. Exactly. So, so all of us to say, uh, we're going to be having, we're going to continue to have this conversation about housing Indeed. because, uh, because the fact is, is we, you know, we're we're evicting 1,100 people thereabouts, might be up to 1,200 a month now. Um, We've got the last statistic I saw, something came through yesterday, and this is talking about people that are in the city's homelessness database, which right. means these are the folks that they are willing to acknowledge and know about, um, of which it's always an undercount. Yeah. Uh, it's going up. We're increasing in homelessness. We're about 3,200 now. Um, it's probably, in the citywide, we're probably looking more like uh, maybe... Five to eight thousand people that are experiencing homelessness in one form or another. Right. Um, so, and remember, and, if you and, live and on your friend's to, couch, and, you're homeless. And you can try to illegal, make it illegal as much as you want. Yep. But the fact is, these people have to go somewhere. Yep. And um, the Tennessee legislature does have a plan for that which is where, where they can
1: die because they're sinners right that's true and you know the wages of sin is death that's so true. that's what they want homeless people
0: to do because if you're
1: homeless you obviously you're a sinner yeah because if you weren't a sinner you would have inherited money
0: right well and the, there's this that's myth. A book somewhere there's this myth that um somehow homelessness um is you know tied to addiction tied to those kinds of yep. things but when you look at say so take west virginia Right. Some days we'd like for them to take it. But yeah. but you take West Virginia. West Virginia has a high rate of opioid addiction, has a high rate of alcoholism, has yep. a lot of that, and a very low rate of homelessness. Yep. Why? Super because it's cheap to live there. there. It's cheap to live there, yep. there's lots of housing. There's not pressure on the it it ha, there's housing available. Yep. Uh, it all comes down to having available housing. And so um citywide we need to do this and we need to have I know I matter of fact, I've spoken at a couple of uh, neighborhood association organization kinds of events. I speak at them fairly regularly, but we've got to move out of this knee jerk reaction, which is, oh, no, my neighborhood. They're going to tear it apart. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay. Well, it's
1: like everything else. They panic.
0: Well, everybody panics. And it's like like, progressives and conservatives. It's not just agree. You know, I can say one thing. Yeah. As as people
1: that often profess to be christian as i often do as well Mm -hmm. um there's a whole bunch of data in the new testament about not living in fear yeah and get over yourselves either you believe in god or you don't so if you think you're a christian and you're listening to this and you're scared you need to stop
0: it and if you don't think you're a christian you need to stop it too. So- well, that's
1: just because you're just being an asshole. Then, so that's a different thing. Okay. Well, uh, I will say this by the way, West Virginia, mm-hmm. number one, expanded Medicaid. Right. When you expand Medicaid, lots of things happen. Exactly. People can go to rehab. People can get funds for living in sober living or secondary mm-hmm. housing, etc. Right. All these things happen. The state of Tennessee has but one little button to push. Right. And they could solve almost all of this
0: it's it's amazing and they simply won't do it so they'd like to they i don't
1: know if they're going to be able to pull it off or not they'd like to refuse additionally the education funding for the state of tennessee because they don't want to have to give money for girl sports Mm -hmm. um they don't want women to be able to actually they don't want women to be able to read or go to school at all they're just not allowed to say that yet right but you know you're watching the american republican christian movement turn into the taliban one law at a time in Tennessee, exactly. Tennessee. I talked to my daughter who lives in Seattle and she nobody knows what's going on in Tennessee because right. we don't get any national press coverage unless right. we do something like kick the black members of the legislature out. Right. Um, by the way, they're doing more of that right now. But yeah, they're the uh, and also not acknowledging a black singer songwriter as uh, allowing to get A uh, proclamation on the floor, right? But they did allow Grammy. But they did allow the white one. I loved the white one's response, which was basically screw yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was the right answer. Yeah. But all of these things are available to us. All the legislature has to do is allow them to happen. They don't have to fund it, right? They don't have to do anything. They just have to get out of the way, and it would all happen. I have to put one bow on the first segment that we didn't put a bow on. Yeah. The Nashville Booting Company? Yeah. I just realized the one thing we didn't say. Mm-hmm. If your car was booted yes, during the period of time that they were not permitted, oh, yeah, you yeah. are due a full 100% refund of that cost. Gotcha. So anybody that was booted by the Nashville Booting Company, you can claim your whatever, 80 or $95, and they have to give it back to you. It's going to be very expensive for them, and we'd like for everyone that was booted to get their money back. Because that's the appropriate punishment for doing it in the first place.
0: I guess we can safely assume that the Nashville Booting Company will not be the official booting company of the BNA podcast.
1: The um, w- we may actually give them. we'd like to give them the opportunity right. to buy their way out of purgatory.
0: OK, that works. That's
1: always the way to go.
0: Exactly. All right. Let's take another break and we'll come back and talk about buses. Buses. And we're on to our next segment where we are talking about uh, one of the latest stories in the paper, which is uh, apparently we're going to have a referendum on transit, yes. um, uh, which is interesting because I'm not sure we have a plan yet. So I'm not quite sure what we're going to referendum around. But that's right. What are we uh, referring other than other than money? Uh, and so,
1: well, I will say this. The number one problem mm-hmm. that Tennessee and uh, not Tennessee, that Nashville has mm-hmm. uh, compared to competitive cities. Is in order to have a functioning public transit system, you have to have a functioning funding mechanism. Right. Which means a transit tax.
0: Right. And uh, we're not real big on taxes. In no, they don't like them here.
1: And they'll almost certainly make this illegal when it passes. Right. Right. So it is almost, it's almost for sure going to go to the Tennessee Supreme Court. Right. Which will cost half the cost of the of the transit of the transit plan. transit plan will be spent litigating it with our own state.
0: Yes. And then we'll be told because they will just be focusing on Nashville that it's yes. illegal. And and then we'll
1: be able to do it every want. We'll be able, but then we will spend so much money that nothing will ever get done.
0: Exactly. So. Uh, so what's interesting is uh, there's a lot of nebulousness about what all this is. What's that's gonna look like. And so in example, um they're not focusing on light rail. No. they they're not really they're they're not talking about dedicated bus lanes, but they maybe we'll think about that, we'll look at that. Um it's not really um I mean they're talking about more bike lanes and things like that. Uh, I mean, our
1: mayor, God bless him. I like Freddie. I, this, the focus on bike lanes and pedestrians in this city, in a city that is as wide and long. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you can't walk to work here. No. Right. Could you bike to work? Yes. If you're under 35, Mm -hmm. you could potentially bike to work. Right. So you're eliminating 65% of the population immediately. Yeah. It's, it's not Amsterdam. It's not Amsterdam. (laughs) We're not, I mean, down in the city core. Sure, if you live on Commerce and you work in Sobro mm-hmm. or the Gulch, it would be nice for you to have a safe bike lane to get over there. And, and there's
0: park. no room to build bike lanes No there, place so. to put
1: them there, except,
0: once again, where the trains are, which yeah. is
1: a place we need to eminent domain, which we're not allowed to do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that here's my problem with no dedicated bus lanes being, like, in the plan mm-hmm. and no light rail being in the plan. Right. Um, it's like aiming at both feet at the same time okay. to shoot yourself because the people that are progressive and want to see a robust transit plan mm-hmm. are going to vote for light rail. Right. And they're going to vote for dedicated bus lines. They will, in fact, vote for bike lanes and sidewalks as well. Right. Stipulated. But to come out and say at the beginning, right. we're not going to bother with the light rail line from the airport to downtown or from the airport to midtown, mm-hmm. which should have happened decades ago right um not going to do that I'm not going to do dedicated bus lines to start with you know we'll talk about it later you lose the left mm-hmm. and any word that in any i mean any sentence that includes the word transit has le- lost the right Pretty because much. they think it's a sin to use the bus right. it's only for black people poor people and they're coming to steal your tv uh, which was made very clear by the but, residents of bell Mead.
0: but we don't want to fund so that Black people and poor people can actually ride the bus.
1: Absolutely not. We will not allow it. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. It's um, it, you know, I, I. The problem the with things, this city being one, in this state, right? I mean, one of the things that I've I've often thought about, and I've actually thought about doing with my church members here, is doing a field trip. Mm-hmm. And having folks actually take the bus to try to get somewhere. Yeah. So let's assume it's actually a little better here in Madison because there is that 76, which is a circulator bus. Yeah, you guys which have a great which Which is rare. Most here. of the city doesn't have that. Correct. But it used to be at there, at that if you wanted to get to Skyline Hospital, which is the closest hospital to my church, you had to take the bus downtown. Yep. Then you had to transfer downtown and take a bus on Dickerson Road out to Dickerson Road. And there was a time where the bus stop didn't even go to the hospital. You had to walk Uh, from Dickerson Road, which is up the hill, which is about a half a mile, a quarter mile. Straight uphill, not not a slight Uh, grade. You know, and and you know, there are times when I would love to take the bus. Like I've got a meeting downtown. I'd love to be able to do that. And time wise, I simply can't do it because of the infrequency of the service or just how long it takes because we don't have a dedicated bus line. I mean, there's no, there really aren't any express buses from where there was a time we used to have express buses. And I feel like we don't have that anymore. Yeah, I don't know why. It used to there be, are some. There's like one that goes to Dixon and one that
1: goes to Gallatin and
0: stuff yeah, like that. But I'm I'm thinking again Gallatin Road. Right. Um and, and let me say I speak on Gallatin Pike because 'cause I'm right next to yeah, the we're most heavily sitting on it right now. The most heavily bused most trafficked bus stop in Nashville. Yep. Um and there was a period where there was a bus that would like stop at Rivergate. Here in down, downtown Madison, mm-hmm. maybe one down in Englewood and then one in East End. It was like four stops. Right. And so it was kind of express. It went a whole lot faster because it wasn't stopping every, you know, half mile. Um, that, that's that gone away, I think. I don't think we have that anymore. Yeah, I don't know. We um, need more of that. We do need more of that because that, that would make it more usable. My deal, um, as I was, we were talking earlier, you know, we as a church, give away bus passes to people in need. We have a lot of homeless folks around us. They need to get to the probation officer. They need to get to a doctor. They need to get services. Um, And so they need to get, they need transportation and they may not have the four bucks it costs to get a bus pass to go downtown. So, um, so we give away passes um, and we give away $500 to $1,000 a month in bus passes to folks in need. Um, So we buy in bulk and we're a nonprofit and we get no discount. <laughs> <laughs> we pay it's the full rack <clears throat> rate that anybody else would pay.
1: Yeah. And this um, is the problem with the what I call the Southern economic fallacy. The Southern economic fallacy is based on the idea that government programs should somehow pay for themselves. Right. Right. So they want to make sure that people are paying a competitive rate mm-hmm. to ride the bus into town. Right. Right. Well, that completely misses the point of government. Right. Right. And this idea that, like, if you want to do that in the economic development department, right, where you look at giving Ford Motor Company $2.5 billion of our money,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that. We'll never see again. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, then you might want to have that conversation because it's a for profit business that you're doing a specific tax incentive deal with that right. should pay for itself. Right. Right. They don't, by the way, pay for themselves. No. If you're going to say, for instance, give a multi-billion dollar valued sports team mm-hmm. a new facility, then it's okay When dealing with the private sector, which they are a part of, and they are part of one of the really titans of industry in the United Mm -hmm. States, the NFL. Right. Uh, When you give them stuff for free. Yeah. That should be based on it paying for itself. Right. Moving the poorest people to work and home and to school and home and to the doctor and home. This is what government then provides from the money they make from Ford and Nissan and Bridgestone that's why it's set up the way it is
0: well and it's it makes economic sense as well you want absolutely works. you know you want you want people to get jobs we don't want to be on welfare you got to get a job well you got to facilitate the services and allow them to have one you know that includes child care that includes transit that includes housing housing um it you know and so you wonder why folks are struggling well, they, don't, they just don't have the resources yeah, to be able the, to do this. We've,
1: and, you know, we don't provide any of them in Tennessee. No. Tennessee wants, and this is, like I said, it's all based on what I refer to as the American <laughs> Taliban theory, you know, and I've talked about this a lot, mm-hmm. um, and I talk about it with my evangelical friends. It's like you're missing the point. Right. Right? The whole deal is that what instead of allowing people to, Pull themselves up by their bootstraps, which is what everybody says they want people to do. Mm-hmm. We're just constantly either taking their boots away, oh, exactly. <laughs> right, or or breaking their fingers. <laughs> We're doing anything we can to stop them from being able to succeed. We're going the extra mile to do it. We created financial disincentive for living in town. Then you move people further away, but make it impossible for them to get to town. Mm -hmm. And then you stand on your soapbox after driving your Mercedes to your local lunch place in the Gulch and say, nobody wants to work anymore. Well, guess what? That's complete horseshit.
0: and and we don't recognize how absolutely traumatic and debilitating it is for folks to have to access those services and the battles that they have to go through to get them. I I'm, You know, I was on, if you ever get a chance, I don't know if you saw this week, there was an episode on a show that Nashville Public Television does. There's a series they do called Aging Matters, and there was an episode on homelessness. And uh, I was in it, and a couple of folks that we served, Terry and David, were in that episode, and they told their story. It's really a heartbreaking story. Now, we were trying to get them housing, and they got a voucher, okay? And so, and then they got a place that said, yeah, we'll take your voucher. And then it was a six- or eight-week process to actually get them in their apartment. Um, you know, they would, well, you got to have this. No, you don't have this. Oh, this is a problem. We're not going to be able to rent to you. Oh, no, we changed our mind. We're going to do that. I mean, again, and so they had like five or six times where they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get you in next week. Oh, no, we can't get you in next week. Right. And, and again, what the what that does to you sort of emotionally, it's just... Well, it's devastating, it's not to devastating. mention what it does to
1: you financially. I mean, exactly. The, the idea that is held by these rural, the they're, they're, 99% of these people live outside of all urban areas. Right. These are decisions being made right. by landed gentry in small counties right. in rural Tennessee who inherited their house. Right. Almost all of them exactly. inherited property from their family. That's right. And they live there and they have been- Uh, radicalized to the point Mm -hmm. that they think anyone who didn't inherit property from their parents, even the, even the obvious (laughs) descendants of slaves that their great, great, great grandparents owned, Mm -hmm. even those people should have inherited land. Right, right. What did they do with their 40 acres and a mule? Did they somehow squander it on crack and whores? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they think. Right. And they really, really believe it. And they believe it because their pastor has been telling them that for 20 years. The, ge- the notion and of generational poverty
0: is something that folks just don't they get. They won't and, accept it. They consider it uh, sin you know and misbehavior. Honestly, one of the most amazing organizations I've seen recently, there's a thing called a, um, is it City of Refuge. I think that's what it is. It's a homeless Organization, it's faith based, um, but what Bruce Deal has done down there is—it's just really kind of amazing. So they—they they found five acres under roof, wow. and so they have uh, a transitional living center. There, they focus on women and children, but because they focus on women and children, they put a charter school. In the building, so the kids can go to school on site. Uh, both element they have a daycare so that parents can go work and get themselves up. They have, and then they have a job training program in the building. So they have a partnership with uh, Delta Airlines to teach people how to do computer coding. Right. And there was a guy that came through the program that his first job after. Uh, graduating from this program was for 85 grand a year right. you know um, you know this was a guy that was making you know tw- 15 or 20 or 30 beforehand right um, so and so but this is what's so cool about it. So then they built this apartment complex across the street so when you get out of transitional housing you can move into this income adjusted, apartment apartment complex, they recognize that the state provides matching funds for first-time homeowners that of a certain level, if they can match a, a level. So what they do is like, let's say you move into this apartment, you're paying $600 a month and you get a raise. So your rent should go up. But what they do instead is they say, okay, we want you to put this in a savings account. Got okay. It. So your rent is 800, you know. Yeah, you could do it, but what you would have to pay an increased rent needs to go in the savings account. When you reach $3500, then the state throws in another $3500 and suddenly you have $7000 for a down payment yeah, on a house and then they bought property in the surrounding neighborhood which was in decline built townhomes in it right so then they move these folks to buy their own townhome with this seed money they've got so it's the which idea- by the way is
1: exactly how all white wealth was created exactly it was by this family all living on the same farm right and then going way over there on the back 40 and building junior's house right and then moving junior and his kids into that house right. and then as they grew up somebody got grandma and grandpa's house you know. and,
0: and so so suddenly you've got folks that have property that they can leave to their kids you know you, that's how you the ownership of property in terms of being able to end generational poverty is huge and certain communities mostly folks of color yep. uh, have, been, our part of the world, have yeah. been left out of that uh, and if when you grow up with oh yeah I, we inherited mom's estate or you know yep. then then you kind of think that's just the way the world works but for a lot of folks that's not the way the world works no I,
1: honestly now uh-huh. for most folks yeah. that's not the way the world works and that that is just you know that is a it, it like everything in the modern what used to i used to call it the like conservative movement they're not conservatives right right i mean conservatives are people that think we should have smaller government low and manageable taxes and uh, the government is inefficient and bad at its job so we should do pr- public private partnerships mm-hmm. instead and blah blah yeah. blah okay that's conservative we don't have any of that anymore right this is punitive right, right. i mean this is this is no longer a sort of step back passive laissez faire approach right this is active barriers against success right there's nothing conservative certainly nothing christian but there's nothing conservative or republican about creating barriers to people being Self sufficient.
0: But don't you think that comes out of this mindset of scarcity that we have, which is which which is which which is oh well if they succeed, then there's going to be less for me. And one of
1: the guys that was one of Reagan's financial uh and economic advisors during his eight years wrote a book after he left. And I won't call it out because he's kind of a charlatan, but he made a very good point, and that was the fantasy of scarcity Mm -hmm. all of modern economics was based on scarcity because all of the fathers of modern economics wrote their books Mm -hmm. in the 1800s and early 1900s right right where in fact scarcity was a substantial problem you could only grow so much corn on an acre right that's no longer true we've increased the amount of corn that you can grow on an acre tenfold 20 Mm -hmm. sometimes 40 fold right the technology has increased the amount of productivity per person mm-hmm. by hundreds of fold in right. that same period of time. Right. So all of these, this fantasy of scarcity, right, was at a time when you couldn't build a, a building more than five or six stories because they were all wood and they couldn't hold the weight, right? Right, no longer a thing. Right, we can go up. We can go out. We can we can make things on a three D printer. Uh, technology eliminates what economic scarcity defines exactly and unless people are willing to do the leaders of a movement
0: mm-hmm. are willing
1: to do the intellectual rigorous research to understand it then you're going to continue to get what comes off as these sort of weird rural inbred concepts that are from the 50s that were by the way accurate in the 50s and 60s right they're simply no longer
0: true that took us a long way from transit, but Didn't I it? think uh, let's take one more break and then we'll have some closing remarks. We will indeed. So have we
1: gone way over?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I doing. don't care. We don't really that's... mean. I mean, it's like okay,
1: I apologize if we did,
0: but there's a lot to talk about because we haven't talked in a month. Yeah. You know, when you only listen meet, to like, it once every segments. eight weeks right? or something. You <laughs>
1: exactly. Know? We're going to do better. It's an election year. There are some things to talk about. There,
0: we've got an election coming up. That there is one going on right now. Exactly, which most folks don't know exists. It's and it doesn't like matter. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's Well, right now there is um, uh, judges right, and um
1: is that on that? So there is the primary. We're a Super Tuesday primary. State. Yeah. So uh, early voting for the presidential primary is going on now,
0: mm. but
1: I don't know what else is on that primary
0: ballot. Early voting for the presidential primary. Yeah, it is. It just I started. Yeah. I just don't know. I can't remember. I know there I'll, are a we'll bunch look it of, up. there's like uh, um, and then there's property an assessors and all that How kind is that of stuff. Going on right now? Yeah, I think that's going on. Then and there's then,
1: an August metropolitan ballot, which where we will have uh, nominate, we'll have a uh, primary for
0: our district, District 60. Yeah. Um, Tim Jester is running. Tim Jester, uh, who's been on our program yep. in the past, is running. And uh, I, I have not, do we know who's running against him? I do. Okay, who's running against? Can't it? remember.
1: Okay, well that's but I fine. Know I can't them. remember.
0: Okay, well that's good. We'll see. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about restaurants.
1: Well, so I went the other day. A friend of mine said, "Hey, do you like Indian food?" And I said, well, "I do like Indian food." My mm-hmm. problem is I never remember what to order. Right. He said, "Just come with me. It's going to be great." So he we went to Green Chili. Right. Now, when you pull it, into, so Green Chili, it's in, in Rivergate. Rivergate? Yeah. On the dead side of Rivergate. Oh it's yeah, over. it's hard to find. You have it's to know where to you're going. It's under. The interstate. Right. Basically. Mm-hmm. So you go out the road until you're under the interstate and then you hang a left. Right. And look right there. There's this great big Indian yeah. restaurant. So we went in there and it's hilarious. It's a just a massive Building buffet or just no menu? Just menu, and you walk in, and there's like a whole room, which has clearly been a huge dining room or something else. I don't know. It might have been a grocery store before. It's a very. I think it was a grocery store. Oh yeah, because it's a big room. It's a big building.
0: It was like all the kids were in there playing groceries and stuff. Oh, there you go.
1: Hmm. So it was, uh, and then you go in, and we sat down, perfectly comfortable and very nice, and attentive service. It was very good, and the food was wonderful. Good,
0: good. What you have? So green
1: chili. We had. Uh, I don't know the names of Indian food. Okay, I know what it is. It was like it was like pieces of chicken that were all red on the outside. Oh yeah, because they were it's covered like tandoor, tandoor chicken. tandoori chicken. That's yes, it. that's it. And then we had something else too with lamb yeah. and kind of a stew little curry thing. That's
0: why I always like to go to... Was it Sitar down at near Vanderbilt that has the buffet, the Indian buffet? Yeah, then you can just look at it and go, you like, can look that at seems th- good. That looks yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, I have a hard time with the names. Yeah. Um, so I also went to a new restaurant in Rivergate as well. Oh, I went to that. the Amercito Corazon Cantina Grill.
1: Yeah, say and, that three times fast.
0: And uh, it it's in a building that's been a lot of things mm-hmm. along the way. It's kind of behind the Panera Bread and Thai Phuket uh, over in that area. But it used to be
1: like The Club. It did. Is I think that it the was. one? I oh, think yeah. that's the one. I think it's it flooded, and then they had to remake it. It's been
0: itself. a variety of things, but it's really bright. It's beautiful. Oh, they've nice. done a good job, and the food was great. So I'll do that. I recommend that. Uh, I also continue to recommend my friends down at Nuevo Jerusalem Nuevo for Jerusalem. P- 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 Absolutely brilliant. Here's the thing to know about Nueva Jerusalem when you go. Yes. No one speaks English. No one speaks English, and there's only
1: the one girl there. There's only the one girl Often. there. That's Often. not always true, but, but so she will come, take your order in Spanish, and then go in the back and then make it. Exactly. So you might be there a while.
0: Well, there's. there's I've usually seen a cook, but yeah, but you go at better times than she, me. She, uh, but they, but they don't speak English. So what you do is you get the menu and you point. Yeah, pointing is good. Pointing is good. I am learning, although I did make a mistake. Steak the other day. Did, I was, did you say dose I, instead I said of dose? Dos, no, I said dose instead of uno. Oh, uh, well,
1: yeah. And so
0: then uh, I will say right now if you get the pupusas, yeah. which is what you want to get, you want to get the sure. Um and it's a cheap lunch too, which oh, great, you needed she you accidentally you say can't, dose. Yeah, you can't eat more than two two pupusas. <laughs> right, yeah. And so when you order four of them, uh-huh. yeah, it was not a, it. Why well, not you got lunch tomorrow? I did have and lunch dinner. the next day. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Does but your wife like pupusas? She does, although as a type 1 diabetic, it makes it tough. But, oh, yeah, right. But here's, here's, the, um, here's the thing. After you have pupusas next door, owned oh. by the same people is an ice cream place. Don't ask me what the name of it is. Yeah, yeah, we could
1: probably But figure it's, it out.
0: everybody knows Mexican popsicles, you know, paletas are just yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome and all stuff. sorts of flavors. But their ice cream is kind of like Italian gelato. It is the most, the rich, don't give me Jenny's or, Baskin Robbins or any of this kind of thing, go to this place. It's locally owned. The ice cream is phenomenal. You will love it. Uh, and if you don't feel like ice cream, you can get a popsicle. If you don't feel like that, they have frozen bananas that are chocolate covered. You know, I mean, it's, you want to go to this place. And, and it's actually cheaper than going to Jenny's or Baskin Robbins. Oh, yeah. So I really do recommend this place highly. This could happen today. Uh, we might need to go get some pabuas. It's, it's, it's and lunchtime, ice cream. guys. It is lunchtime. So, um, so anyway, I recommend both of those places. It's on Gallatin Pike, down the street from City Road Chapel United Methodist do, Church. Do you have the actual and, address? I do. Uh, yeah, nine zero three
1: Gallatin
0: Pike South, Sweet D. It, it's in a little sketchy-looking strip. Pay no mall, attention to the website. <laughs> and uh, where is it gyro? Giro, gyro. I never gyro. Giro, gyro, gyro king. Giro. Euro King I like a lot too. It's like as if you're
1: pronouncing the word for annual. I always get it
0: wrong. So what can I say?
1: It's funny Um, because here, I love the fact that you drive up and down Gallatin Road and there's places that say Chicago style Euro. And I'm like, you know, Euros are from Lebanon.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of Lebanese in Chicago. I don't know if that's true. I, actually, I think there are. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that's to say, uh, those are the restaurants we've got. You got anything else we need no, to No, man, that was it was fun. It's going to be okay. um, the soccer uh, season's cranking back
1: up. So that means our official fencing company of the BNA podcast, Rio Grande Fencing. I- Uh, We'll be uh, offering some uh, opportunities for us to go see Uh, a little bit of. I had
0: to go to an event over at Nashville Public Television last week or so ago, and I'd not seen the soccer stadium, so I actually saw it. Quite lovely. It's huge. It's huge.
1: It's it's a wonderful place, and I have to say, I did not want it to be built. Yeah, I did not want. Well, that's not true. I didn't want it to be built there. Right. But now that it's there, I'm going to enjoy it. But speaking of not having enough Mm -hmm. parking, but anyway, yeah, that's true too. A little bit, although. I've never had a problem. Oh, that's good. They they talk about it all the time as though it's a much bigger problem than I've experienced. Okay, good. Um, One other. Let's see. Was I going to throw in one other thing before we go? Which I think I just
0: forgot. So we're we're cool because we're old and we forget things like who is. Yeah. What Uh, day is it? I think uh, I'm what six months older than you. Oh yeah, yeah. Substantially. Okay, substantially. All right. Well, we're glad you. uh, We hope that you joined with us and are listening to this. And if you're not, well, why don't you? start you should start
1: listening and we'll tell you some other way than having to listen to hear that you should listen because if you're not listening you won't
0: know that we told you to listen exactly so anyway you all take care we'll see you Have soon a great week.